This is New York firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Every day, a part of every sub you buy at Firehouse Subs helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. And now, for a limited time, they're introducing the Daily Sub Special. Every day, get a medium sub of the day for just $5.55. They kick it off with Meatball Monday and finish it off with Italian Sunday with something delicious every day in between for just $5.55. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Tap the banner now to learn more. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. You're listening to Wrestling to the Max. Alert, alert, clear all channels. This is an exclusive. How you like that? And we are live to tape once again on the W2M Network for the Not Wrestling to the Max Royal Rumble review. Those boys will be with you a little bit later on in the evening. Instead, this is kind of wrestling unwrapped-ish, I guess, technically. Sure, let's go with it. I'm Harry Broadhurst. I am your host. Hi, Brandon. Hi, how's it going? I feel like we just did this yesterday. Yes, yes, we did. Like, literally about 12 hours, like, 24 hours ago. Yep, pretty much. Almost to the minute. Yep, pretty much. Why not? This is your 2018 Royal Rumble review from myself and Brandon Biscoping, by the way, everybody. Yay! <laughs> and it is a stacked nine-match card because apparently somebody thought we needed three matches on the pre-show. Why? I'm still not entirely sure, but we got a well, lot of... Get- they have to add ex- a two-extra-hour pre-show to an already six-hour card. Well, well five-hour card, excuse me. Four hours with the pre-show, sir. Four well, hours to the two-hour no, pre-show. Six hours with the pre-show, so... Four hours regular card. Yes, seven to just a shade after eleven o'clock. Yes. We got nine matches to get to, and not a whole lot of time to get to them. Sean does have an episode of Wrestling to the Max's Royal Rumble review to do himself. So, what do you say we get to it? Let's do it. Our opening contest is six-man cruiserweight tag team action as Team Lucha Lucha. Can we call them Team Mucha Lucha, or will we get sued Let's for that? Do it. Kalisto, Lindsay Dorado, and Grand Metalik defeat the team of TJP, Jack Gallagher, and Drew Gulak. And, and let's so- not forget uh, um, Kalisto in that. I did say Kalisto. I said Kalisto, Dorado, oh. and Grand Metalik. Thanks for paying attention. I appreciate it. They defeat the team of TJP, Jack Gallagher, and Drew Gulak at 13 minutes and 15 seconds. Unfortunately, I have to be honest with everybody. I was getting settled over at my friend's house during the course of this match. I missed most of it. I cannot give you any legitimate thoughts on it. I apologize. I mean, I watched it a little bit, but nothing over the top really crazy happened in this match. 
Uh, I was hoping that team uh, team uh, Zoe Train 2.0, I guess you would call it, was going to win this match. What? Team Power Perkins instead of PowerPoint. Yes, precisely. I was hoping Team PowerPoint, PowerPoint, <laughs> Power Perkins would win this match, but uh, unfortunately, Team Lucha Lucha won this match. Uh, and I have a feeling that this will lead into whatever they end up doing with the number one contendership come Tuesday. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be great amounts of shenanigans come forth on Tuesday. I also feel like we're in store for a tournament because, well, everybody loves tournaments. Yep. Kickoff match number two sees the Revival defeat the Good Brothers. Which was shocking. Not to me. I called this on the NXT TakeOver review. I forget you calling this on the NXT TakeOver review because I said this was a... I at least thought this was a foregone conclusion that the Good Brothers would squash them. I don't think we're anywhere near done between the Revival and the Good Brothers, and I think that either of these two teams could be the next Raw Tag Team Champions, especially given the fact that you have a set of Tag Team Champions right now that can kind of flip and flop between face and heel, and we'll talk more about that here in a bit. I I agree with you there entirely, but I would hope that it's the Good Brothers and Balor actually makes a uh, presence in this tag team match and maybe after the Good Brothers win the tag team titles, that Balor finally gets his, albeit not for the title, rematch against ba- against uh, Rollins. I don't think we're anywhere near done between um, Balor and the Universal title scene. I've said before that I think that the reunification of the Balor Club, specifically this particular group of people, the forefathers of the Bullet Club, I guess you could say here, mm-hmm. is going to lead to bigger and better things for all three of these men, Balor. I certainly and hope Balor. you're through on that part, but after the Balor Club lost on the pre-show, no less, uh, I have a very bad feeling that they're going to be dropping back into the lower mid card. Well, Grant, I'll tell you have what. a while until uh, SummerSlam, but, you know, meh. Well, I'll tell you what, Brandon. We got four weeks to get to the Elimination Chamber. Let's see what happens between now and then, because I don't think this issue is done between these two teams. Oh, Balor's going to be in the Elimination Chamber. I'm not disagreeing, but I'm also saying that I don't think we're done between the Revival and the Good Brothers for Elimination Chamber either. That's true. Moving on, our third and final pre-show match sees... Sorry, I'm adjusting right now. I'm just getting settled over here at Casa de Furball. The U.S. title open challenge of Bobby Roode is answered by Mojo Raleigh, and the crowd does not care. Well, I expected that. I officially predicted that the challenge would be answered by Jinder Mahal. Obviously, I was incorrect. We talked about. I was about honestly the fact- expecting it to be uh, Ty Dillinger, which would have actually gotten a pop from the crowd. I don't know if you could have a couple of Canadians, eh? Nah, true. That being said, I do want to talk about the finish to this match. Is it just me, or did that glorious DDT come off really, really bad? 
Yeah, it did. But, I mean, what do you expect? It was a squash match on the pre-show. I don't think Bobby Roode was exactly caring about how well he... he uh, um executed the uh, glorious DDT. According to Larry's review, word is that Mojo was not the original opponent planned, and that opponent was moved to the Rumble match. Um, all right, let's save that for the men's Rumble. We'll talk about I the speculation. I can't think about who would be that person. but I can, number 30. Uh, okay. Save it for when we talk about the Rumble, Brandon. Okay. Okay, I will. All right. And with that, we officially start the pay-per-view portion of tonight's broadcast as our opening contest, scheduled for one fall. One fall! It is AJ Styles defending the SmackDown Heavyweight Championship in a one-versus-two handicap match against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. A little surprised to see this open the show. Agree or disagree? Uh, Completely agree. I was expecting the uh, women's match the women's rumble match to uh, open the show, but we'll talk about that later as to why it didn't. Or if it, if the women's rumble didn't open the show, I would have figured one of the tag team title matches would have opened the show. Yeah. Instead, the tag team title matches go two and five respectively. Or two and four. Sorry. Yeah. Instead, though, we talk now about the SmackDown Heavyweight title matches. AJ Styles retains pinning Kevin Owens with a body scissors roll-up out of a pop-up powerbomb attempt just after the 16-minute mark in this match. Not a surprise that AJ Styles retained, although we do have more grounds for Sammy and Kevin to bitch as AJ Styles pins the illegal man in this contest. Not only that, but it was... It was a roll-up pin, so, you know, they can say that AJ didn't exactly pin them cleanly. Also of note of this particular instance here is that only one of the two members of the losing team of this contest actually goes on to the Royal Rumble match, and it appears to tease a little bit of dissension in the ranks between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens as well. Well, that has been the rumor for a while, so... I mean, the talk is that they want to do this match at WrestleMania, Sammy versus Kevin at WrestleMania anyway. So it just kind of furthers the uh, strife between the two of them, both with them losing their match here and losing the way that they lost the match here. And then with them attacking one of the planned participants for the Rumble and only one of them being able to get into the Rumble match. And we'll talk about that when we get to it. Yeah, we'll see how this goes as we move forward towards WrestleMania. That being said, with my Rumble prediction, the same Rumble prediction that I made on Tuesday night, the same Rumble prediction that I made on Monday night, the same Rumble prediction I've been making since Money in the Bank, and especially since when Mr. Styles beat Mr. Mahal for the SmackDown Heavyweight title right before Survivor Series, there was not a doubt in my mind that AJ Styles was retaining here tonight. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Being said, though, still a pretty strong outing from all three gentlemen, and Mm -hmm. hopefully Kevin Owens' back injury isn't as bad as suspected. He was able to put in a pretty strong performance in the course of this contest. Oh, yes, definitely. Backstage, Kevin and Sammy complained to Shane about what happened. Shane doesn't care. 
Well, we'll see how this goes moving forward. I was hoping that would lead to something in the men's rumble, but unfortunately it did not. Well, I mean, kind of, because Kevin, like we mentioned earlier, Kevin and Sammy attacking somebody backstage and stealing the spot. But I'm talking about a certain other person introducing Uh, themselves into the rumble. Yeah, but once we talk about rumble positioning, we'll talk about why that didn't make sense, kind of like the conversation we had off air. Yes. Two out of three falls for the SmackDown tag team titles. You'll notice they're getting the SmackDown stuff out of the way first here because Raw still the ace show. Suck it, SmackDown. Yep, precisely. As the Usos not only retain, but they retain two zip in 14 minutes. Yeah, that was surprising that they at least didn't give the uh, Gable-Benjamin team at least one win. Because, I mean, we talked about this on Tuesday with the SmackDown review that I said that either this is going to go as a squash and then the Usos are going to move on to some other team. Or the Gable-Benjamin team is going to win this match and they're going to have a rematch against the Usos. It looks like they're going to go after the former decision where after all of this work of making Gable and and Benjamin a credible competitor and a credible... uh, a credible... um, uh, content, uh, a, a credible contestant to the Usos championship, they get squashed in this two out of three falls match, and now they're basically going to nowhere. Yeah, I don't think they were squashed, even despite the fact that they lost two nothing. I don't think they were squashed because I'm going to tell you right now that first fall was among the best tag team matches I've seen in the WWE in a very long time. I'll agree with that, but the fact that it's a two out of three falls match and they lost two to zip to anyone not accustomed to two out of three falls matches, they're going to think, oh, Gable and Benjamin got absolutely squashed in this match. I disagree. I don't see anywhere where I don't see any way they can make this where they can get a rematch oh no that i agree with but i do think that the next opponent for the uh, usos and we kind of talked about this on the smackdown live review this week i think the next opponent for the usos has to be the bludgeon brothers oh absolutely that being said like i mentioned earlier i do think that the first fall of this contest may have been one of the best tag team matches that we've seen in the entirety of the wwe recently oh, and yeah. frankly if they were going to go the route of the queen the clean sleep the sweep here i would have been perfectly okay with them just doing one fall to a finish and then giving them the full 14 or 15 minutes or whatever it ended up being to just work on that one single fall and build towards the finish that we got i'll agree with that but I think this was also building up towards the whole Shane versus Daniel thing. That I agree with. That being said, let's talk finishes real quick here. Uh, the Usos counter out of Gable's attempt at a chaos theory, and it's a super kick, super kick, and now it's a party for the pinfall at 12 minutes and 10 seconds. And then Jay picks up a shocking uh, inside cradle on 
Jay picks up an inside cradle on Chad Gable or on Shelton Benjamin while Gable's up on the top rope. Apparently, as the team of Benjamin and Gable are about to attempt their hooking doomsday powerbomb. As, <clears throat> excuse me, like I said, the Usos went two to nothing. I apologize. I got a bunch of text messages in all at once. Yeah, that was why I was. Honestly, I asked in the group a couple of times, like, I didn't notice the first fall in that match because it was so quick. I mean, they won 12 minutes. Oh, no, I know this, but the the time between the first fall and the second fall for the Usos was very quick. Well, yeah, I mean, it was only like two minutes there, but I think that was done in order to kind of cause that shock and all finish there. And like you were mentioning there, you were surprised at the two to nothing finish Uh, at the same time. At the same time, when they make a two out of three falls match, pretty much everybody expects the match to go three falls. So when it doesn't, it's more of a shock than when it does. I'll agree with that, but especially if, uh, especially with how they've been trying to build uh, Gable and Benjamin over the last, you know, what, month or so, two months. Um, they kind of dropped the ball here if they want to have them be legitimate contenders for the tag team championships. Unless they want them to break up right away. This is a situation where, you know, you lose two to nothing in a two out of three falls match. That's an embarrassment. There is no way around that. Mm. I think there's a way for them to try to spin it. That being said, I don't think they're going to be a team for much longer anyway. I agree with that, but that's but that's what I'm saying. They could, in theory, try to spin it very. It's gonna be hard, but I don't think there's really any, you know, very distinctive way they can spin this other than you know. I don't. I don't even know. I think they're gonna get squashed by the Blood Bludgeon Brothers at some point and then break up. That's my opinion. Well, frankly, I wouldn't be surprised to see both Gable and Benjamin end up in the U.S. title division as well, especially now that you have a defending U.S. champion in Oh, uh, I agree with this, Bobby but Roode. that's what I'm saying. I think they're going to get squashed by the, by the Bludgeon Brothers, have them feud for a week or two, and then maybe have them go after maybe one of them, whoever wins that feud, go after the U.S. title. See, I don't know if I like that, though, because you just had a pair of tight team partners break up and then end up involved with each other for the U.S. title as well. I agree with this, but this seems like how SmackDown is going now. Match number three on the card is the male Royal Rumble. Wait, what? Which is shocked. Yeah. Oh, uh, I was shocked. Uh, uh, We'll we'll talk about this later, but... As soon as I heard that this was going to be the third match on the card, I was like, there's no way in hell that they're not going to have a huge shock surprise in the Women's Royal Rumble. Well, eh, we'll talk about that later. All right. Uh, Brandon, did you know that today is a holiday? Is it Rusev Day? 
It is always Rusev Day, and Philadelphia could not agree more with that sentiment. Let this sink in for a second. Rusev was in the ring with Finn Balor, and Rusev outpopped him. I'm I'm so disappointed in Philly. Why? It's Rusev Day. Because it's freaking Finn Balor. Rusev Day. If you if you had the camera on me, you would see that I am a I am wearing a Demon King shirt right now. Well, that's unfortunate for you because Rusev Day. That no. being said, Balor does end up being the Iron Man just a shade over 52 minutes. Boom. Ballot Club. So let's go ahead and discuss some of the entries here. Uh, the first person eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Well, I guess you could say it was not the Rhino Rumble. <laughs> As no, Rhino is eliminated... Uh, Rhino is eliminated inside of about an inside of about two minutes by Baron Corbin. Don't get me started on that because that was the first of twelve very disappointing surprises. Your expectations were probably too high. I agree with this, but I'm just saying I I like my I I like my I I like my Rumble I like my Royal Rumbles twelve. 2012 ish. All right, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong here. You ready? I, I, if you I know put, what you're going to say. Because if you put in too many surprise entrants, then people come to expect it. You need to make use of the people that you have on the roster. But while there were the there extra was surprises. a grand total of what? Two true surprise entrants this year? Disagree. At least five. No, two. At least five. Who are the five? We'll get to them while we discuss the match if you let me continue. Okay. For example, our first surprise entrant comes in at number seven, NXT champion Andrade Cien Almas. Okay, that was a very disappointing, uneventful surprise because he's the NXT champion. Unless you're Kevin Owens and you're going to go up against John, John frickin' Cena... You do not deserve to be pushed to the main roster that freaking quickly. Look, I'm not going to disagree that there was no chance that Andrade Cien Almas was going to win this match because there wasn't any chance that he was going to win this match. But after that performance that he had with Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano last night, he deserved a spot in this match. But if anyone should have gotten that spot, it should have been Johnny freaking Wrestling. I, that match was just as much almost as it was Gargano last night, and there is nothing you say that can convince me otherwise. Selena Vega. Her too. Yummy. Anywho. Just saying. If, uh, it, what wasn't, you think if, if it wasn't for uh, Candice LeRae, that would have been a squash. What did you think of the recurring Heath Slater at ringside storyline? Nah. I thought it was funny, and especially the way that it was paid off. I forget exactly how it was, how it was paid off. Everybody comes down and takes a shot at Slater, except for Big E, who gives him a pancake. Gross. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. Number 11 is Seamus. Slater, Seamus throws Slater into the ring, and then as soon as Seamus gets into the ring, Slater clotheslines him right back out. I'll give you that. 
Let's not forget, there's still a tag team title match to come here. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yep. But that was the weird thing about this whole match was there were a few people in this match that, you know, were going to be in subsequent matches that, you know, it was weird seeing them in this match. Our next surprise entrant comes out at number 21. Would this be... Yeah, Brandon? Adam Cole, baby! That would not be Adam Cole. He was 23. Try again. Damn it. I got a question for you, Brandon. Okay. What's up with that? I forget. Stand back! There's a hurricane coming through. Oh, okay. Fine. This was one of those disappointing... Oh, bullcrap! I'm just saying! Bullcrap! It's always nice to see Shane Helms. It it felt so anticlimactic. No, it did not. You're you're expecting wait. What are you expecting? A bunch of these surprise entrants to have these big, super huge runs I in the ring? No. Uh, Triple H, Jamie no. McMahon, and Daniel Bryan. Uh, you set yourself up for failure by expecting Triple H, Shane McMahon, and Daniel Bryan because none of them were going to be in the Rumble. The only one of them that could have possibly have been in the Rumble was Bryan, and if Bryan and, was and, beat and, and Triple H. And if Brian or Triple H were going to be in the Rumble, this match would not have went on third. True. I'll I'll give you that. The next surprise entrant, as you mentioned, is indeed the Undisputed Era's Adam Cole. That was the one true surprise that I was that I actually popped for. That I was like, oh crap, he's actually in the Rumble. That is awesome, baby. And the other, and the next one was actually pretty surprising and awesome. I'll give you that. That actually takes me to the next surprise. Number 25, Titus O'Neil. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No. (laughs) Number 27, the WWE return of Raymond Stereo. Oh, wait. No, sorry. I have that wrong. Let me check this. (laughs) Oh, it's Ray Mysterio. When the hell did Ray get a shirt tattooed on his chest? Good grief. <laughs> I guess that's one of those uh um uh Lucha Underground things. Our final surprise entrant in this match is number thirty, Dolph Ziggler. Yep. We knew he wouldn't stay away. Yep, I knew I, I knew that was gonna happen. That being said, despite having that cush, the, excuse me, not cush, that's a different thing altogether, ignore that comment, that plush number 30 spot, I meant to say cush, not cush, mm-hmm. that cush number 30 spot, Ziggler does not even make it into the final six. Nope. Feels like a waste of the return of Ziggler when you could have just had Root issue a U.S. title open challenge and have Ziggler come out and confront I him mean, about the fact I that he's not the real champion. Why- I get why they did it, because the vast majority of casual fans do not watch the pre-show. So they wanted to have him in a position where casual fans would see him. And thus, maybe he can go 
back into the U.S. title picture next this upcoming week in a couple of days on SmackDown. Your final six are Balor, Orton, Cena, Reigns, Nakamura, and Rey Mysterio. One of these things is not like the others. Yep. It's called Rey Mysterio. It's called Roman Reigns. He's the only one of the six who's not over. Oh, too soon? <laughs> yeah, that's also true. <laughs> I, f- I made a funny. All right, moving on. To be fair, Reigns have, has gotten a lot more over over the past. Not, than... not with this crowd, he wasn't. Well, yeah, because it's Philly. That takes us down to our final four. As it's Orton and Ray that are eliminated from the final six, leaving us with Roman, Cena, Balor, and Nakamura. To it, well, I just, this is a straight up, you know, Cena and Reigns who are not over at all by the Philly crowd against Balor and uh, Nakamura who are completely over. I turned to my buddy who I was watching the show. There was a big group of us that got together for the pay-per-views. There usually are. I turned to my buddy who was sitting next to me watching, and I said, hey, would you look at that? It's Team Vince versus Team Japan. Yep, precisely. Of I the four, had a bad feeling that Team Vince was going to win somehow, but I was happily surprised. Of the four, Balor is the first one eliminated, courtesy of Cena. That was my that that was the point I was about to make. That proved my point that I was like, oh god, Team Vince is gonna go over yet again and there is gonna be a riot. Okay, but here's the thing, Brandon. I thought about this and the more I thought about it, the more I thought Wait, so let me get this straight here. If this is possibly a setup for Cena and Balor at WrestleMania, yeah, I'm not gonna bitch. Uh, the only way I'd be okay with it is if it's Cena, Balor, and Undertaker, and Undertaker passes the torch to Balor. D- disagree. Taker was a shell of himself last year, frankly. I, no, I, I agree with you. We need to let him be. I, I agree with you. But it would have made a lot more sense in terms of purely, you know, gimmick-based-wise. It would have made a lot more sense for Undertaker to pass the torch to Balor over Reigns. Uh. The next person eliminated from this match was Cena himself, courtesy of Kinshasa! Part of me just likes saying that. Kinshasa! Kinshasa! Okay, I'm done. Somewhere Corey Graves is consulting his lawyer. And then it happens. One hour, five minutes, 33 seconds... The fourth longest Royal Rumble ever is won by Shinsuke Nakamura. And everyone goes crazy because no one expected 
convince Kennedy McMahon to actually pull the trigger on a New Japan star over one of his own created projects. Turns out this Royal Rumble was a good night to be Asian. Oh, wait, spoiler alert. <laughs> this is a very good night to be Jap- Japanese. I mean, unless you're Carl Anderson's hot Asian wife, he probably wasn't super happy. Well, yeah. Just saying. But, hey, I mean, he gets he he gets uh, props by proxy. At least his uh, at least he, his leader goes uh, almost until the end. Final four for Balor coming in sec coming in second. Nothing to bitch about. Yep, exactly. And let's give the WWE credit here. They could have went the easy route by giving the the win to Roman in Philadelphia for a second time in a row. I mean, my, to be fair, in my um, hold on, in my opinion, they did the right thing here. They played to the Philadelphia audience, and they played to the fact that they knew that Shinsuke's reaction would be monstrous. Specifically, the fact that he mentions three simple letters, once three simple words, once he's asked the question by Renee post match, "Who are you going to face at WrestleMania?" A. J. Styles. That is yep. all he needed well, to say. Well, that's the thing. There are three reasons why they went this very simple but actu- but actually um, logical route. For one, it was a very simple promo for Shinsuke to do, just simply saying AJ Styles. For two, they knew that this would actually get a positive reaction by the Philadelphia crowd instead of it being becoming an all-out riot and them destroying the rest of the show. And for two, and for three, they have elimination chamber in two weeks to crown the number one contender for the for the Universal Championship. Well, so there is no reason for them to give it to a Raw super, Superstar. Well, much though I hate to be the bearer of bad news, Elimination Chamber is actually February 25th. Okay, four weeks. Excuse yes, me. four weeks. But That's why I agree with the fact that Roman didn't need to win this year. You can just as easily have Roman become the number one contender to Brock's title by winning the Elimination exactly. Chamber. The Elimination Chamber match, the main event, will be the number one contendership to the Universal Championship. Not to mention... Everyone knew that going into this. Not to mention, let's be honest, that Las Vegas crowd is going to be a lot less hostile towards Roman than this Philadelphia crowd was. Exactly. That those two points in and of themselves proves that you needed to give this win to Shinsuke. Backstage segment, Shane and Daniel Bryan celebrate. Stephanie and Kurt Angle are sad. Angle says Raw still has plenty to offer tonight, though, including the Women's Royal Rumble. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. I mean, I knew this was going to happen. I knew that either the Raw, either someone from Raw was going to win for, for the men's and someone from SmackDown was going to win for the women's or vice versa. 
Raw Tag Team titles on the line next as Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan defend against Samus and Cesaro. Match goes about 12 minutes, 12 and a half minutes-ish. Seamus broke kicks Seth in the face. The bar regained the tag team titles. Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins. This is basically the one-man Seth Rollins show. Yep. As Jordan gets driven face and neck first into the ring post. And if this was a sell by Jordan, it was really well done. But I'm not sure if it was a sell by Jordan, how I feel about concussion angles, especially in this day and age, knowing what we know about things like CTE. Mm -hmm. We'll see how this goes over the next couple of weeks. I mean, the rumor going into this match was that they're basically substituting Jordan for Ambrose and having Jordan versus uh, Rollins at Mania. So we'll see how this goes moving forward. The match itself was pretty good. The crowd itself didn't care. Well, I mean, what do you, what did you expect? I mean, no, it was right is... after the the men's rumble with a very hot finish. One hundred percent agree. This is a victim of placement. Yes, precisely. Not an actively bad match or anything, although it to me it didn't feel like it ever got out of second gear. A lot of that, in my opinion, has to do with the fact that three out of the four men in this match were inside of the Royal Rumble. Two of those three had pretty decent runs inside of the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And also they knew that this was basically a filler match right after the men's Rumble, which was very hot. Our next contest is the triple threat for the Raw Universal Heavyweight Championship. To the surprise of absolutely nobody, Brock Lesnar retains pinning Kane after an F5 onto a chair. I honestly forget this match, which just shows how you know predictable this match was because I knew how this match was going to end. Um, I'll sum this up in, I'll sum this up in one simple word. Somebody asked me my opinion on this word. You know how we usually do the one word review on SmackDown? You know what my one word to describe this match was? Predictable? There. (laughs) There. (laughs) It's a match that happened and we move on. Yep. There's really nothing to say here. Yeah, they broke a bunch of announced tables. Yeah, they broke a bunch of regular tables. Yeah, there were chairs. There were ring steps. There were all sorts of other accoutrements used in this match here. This crowd did not give a damn. Well, because... because they knew they knew that Bork Laser was not dropping the title tonight. Exactly. And that's the problem with WWE nowadays. Is that everyone know everyone with half a brain who pays attention even a tiny bit, knows what's going to happen. And that's why these shows go completely flat. I mean, I, I think the fact that you've already done, the issue that I think you run into here is the fact that you've already done Lesnar and Strowman, and no one gives a crap about Kane in a main event spot in but, 2018. No, see, I disagree because if you had the potential, if you had at least the rumors and at least you had the speculation of them potentially changing course and having Strowman winning this match, 
then people would have been a lot more interested in this match. Because then people would have been like, oh, is Strowman actually going to win? But because everyone with half a brain knows that it's going to be Lesnar versus Reigns at Mania, you know that Lesnar is going to retain, and thus no one cares. The, I do believe that's going to officially that's going to officially um, take us to the main event. Yep. Your main event scheduled for twenty nine eliminations. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm waiting. Be snarky. Uh, I uh. Fine. Allow me. Twenty nine eliminations. There. Twenty nine. I almost feel like they do these rumble matches so people can't say one fall. <laughs> Very true. Uh, uh, all right. It is the women's rumble match. Yes, indeed, folks. The ladies main evented tonight. Which I, I know we'll talk about this later, but I am so disappointed that this did not result in a huge giant pop. You mean as far as the women getting the main event slot? No, I mean, I'm talking in terms of who won. I disagree. There was a good pop for her when she won. But it it was too predictable. I don't disagree with that, but at the same time, it was the right decision. I No, I agree with that on the, you know, purely wrestling-based level. But... I know that the women's rumble was completely predictable one way or the other, but it just, uh, I don't even know how you could have remedied the situation, but as soon as you put the women's rumble as the main event, you automatically killed the crowd because the crowd, Especially considering it's in Philly, the crowd knew it was going to go one of two ways. And as soon as number 30 did not turn out to be Ronda Rousey, the crowd knew exactly the way you were going in this match. And it just, yes, they may have had a, you know, happy reaction because they want Oscar to win this match, but it it kills the shock factor. Yes, you had a few semi surprising spots, but nothing over the top. Well, let's let me say this to that, Brandon. Sometimes the obvious choice is the correct one. I agree with that. So let's go ahead and break down this match, shall we? All right. All right. Uh, trivia question for you. Okay. Who is the very first woman eliminated from a Royal Rumble match? Uh, are we talking overall, or are we, or are we talking just in terms of this match? Strictly women, Brandon. Well, no, I'm talking in terms of just women on women, or just or overall. Yes, just this match. Okay, I don't remember. The answer to that trivia question is Mandy Rose. Okay. 
Congratulations. At least you're famous for something. Let's talk some of the surprise entrants, shall we? Yep. Okay, so you wanted your fair bit of nostalgia here? This is the match where you got it, Brandon. Yep. Number five, Lita. Yep. I think a lot of people called that one, though. Yep, I saw that one coming. Number Which six. I, but, but at the same time, I'm glad it happened. Number six surprised me, Kyrie Sane. That one I was also happily surprised about. I didn't expect to see Kyrie in this match, but given the fact that she did win the inaugural Mae Young Classic, it made sense. Yep. The next surprise entrant is number nine. <sighs> Be still my heart. Anyone who knows me knows that my all-time favorite female, even though she could not wrestle a lick, is Tori Wilson. Uh, That's America right there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Number 12 is one of my all-time favorite female wrestlers in Molly Holly. Yep. Good for which, Molly. Which she did a very good job over the last couple of days of uh, swerving. crap out of everyone. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I got worked, and I ain't ashamed to admit it. And frankly, I'm happy that that happened because it's nice. To, it's nice to know that I can look back on something like this and still be. I, I'm also while I will talk about this later. I'm glad we got worked on the ending. The next surprise entrant is number fourteen, Michelle McCool. Yep, which we kind of already knew about, considering. Um, I saw a rumor that Undertaker was in town with Michelle. <clears throat> Next surprise entry, number 16. Excuse me! Oh, God. As soon as I heard her voice, I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> I was perfectly okay with this one. Vicky's a heat magnet. Oh, she is. She is. She, with the exception of Stephanie, with Stephanie's music hitting, that was the biggest heat magnet that they could have possibly done for this match. And it's not like she was in the ring for long anyways. It was a cute spot, and then her whacking Carmella with her own money in the briefcase, bank briefcase was pretty funny. Yeah. Number 19 is Kelly Kelly. Yeah, which I was fine with. Um, how do I put this nicely? There's something very 2009 about Kelly Kelly bunching something and Michelle McCool having to save her ass. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I mean, I'm okay with it just because, you know, that's when I started watching was 2010, 2011. Youngin. I'm sorry. Number 21 is Miss Jacqueline. Yep. Um, how do I put this politely? Um, yeah, I, I can't find a polite way to put it, so I'm just going to go ahead and move on, shall we? <laughs> yes, let's shall. Like, I guess I can get the the appeal of Miss Jacqueline, I suppose. Do, but... do I need to pull up the, uh, the new Jack, uh, um... 
shoot interview that he did. I was never a fan of Jacqueline, so, I mean, it did nothing for me. <laughs> damn, damn, damn that. that. That Jeff Jarrett, though. <laughs> did you just say that's Jeff Jarrett, though? Yep. Uh, I, I'm not the views and opinions of Brandon Bisco being are solely his and new Jack's <laughs> any hate mail can be sent to s. Garmer at gmail.com. I, 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 I forewarned it with the new Jack shoot interview. Moving on. Number 23 is Ember moon. All right. So I'm going I'm to ask you about that. Okay, so Ember's cool, but Andre Cien almost isn't. That's hypocritical. Because new, because Ember Moon at least lost, and there's at least a reasoning for her to come up. Uh, Ember Moon came out with the NXT Women's Title. You're wrong, sir. Oh wait, sorry. Excuse me. Hypocritical. I'm sorry. I take back my statement. Number 24 is Beth Phoenix. Yay! Yay! That one I popped for. Number 25 is, as Brandon mentioned, the winner, Asuka. Yep. 27 and 28 are the Bella Twins. Gee, and we wonder if these numbers are fixed or not. (laughs) They are. (laughs) 29 is Bailey. Well, at least she got that, I guess, yes. kind of. Number 30 is, in many people's opinion, the best WWF women's cha- WWF slash E women's champion of all time, Trish Stratus. Yep. And holy sweet baby Jesus. She raided Natalia's closet and found the nicest outfit she could have. Hmm. Hmm. America. Wait, sorry. Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Final four. The Bella Twins, Trish, and Oscar. Yep. Did we talk about who number 30 was? We literally just said Trish's name. Oh, I thought you said 29. No. Oh, okay. 29 was Bailey, 30 is Trish. Oh, okay. Final four, Bella Twins, Trish, and Asuka. Yep. Or excuse me, Bella Twins, Sasha, and Asuka after Sasha eliminates Trish. Yep. Don't think that's not going somewhere because I'm willing to bet it is. We'll see how how far Trish is willing to go in terms of coming back. With both Trish and Lita in the women's rumble match and both Sasha and um, Becky in the women's rumble match, I would not be surprised to see them do something with those four ladies at WrestleMania. Hell, you could uh, even Sasha, you could even do Sasha and Bailey against Trish and Lita. Unless we're still heading towards you know what, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, no, and here's why. Because I don't think they're going to interact with her. I think her destiny is Charlotte, but that's neither here nor there. I'm sure. I I have a feeling you're correct, but we'll see about that. The first of the four eliminated out of the final four ladies is Sasha Banks. 
which is shocking. Finn Balor goes 52 minutes. Sasha Banks goes 54. Mm -hmm. Huh. How about that? So it comes down to the Bella Twins versus Asuka. So you're thinking here to yourself that if the Bella Twins have any chance, they have to work together to get Asuka out, and then they can decide it amongst themselves, right? Yep. Well, that doesn't happen as Nikki forums Bree right off the ring apron. Which doesn't make any bit of sense, but okay. It is at that point that Nikki should have known that she done screwed up. Yep. Asuka and Nikki brawl to the apron, both of them. Asuka lands, or Nikki lands a forearm on Asuka, dropping her to her back on the apron. Asuka then kicks Nikki's feet out from under her. Nikki tumbles to the floor. Asuka wins the first ever women's Rumble match at 59 minutes. Yep. Any thoughts on Asuka's victory? I mean, it was very predictable considering who was in the match. Um... You know, I'm happy that she won. I'm happy that they didn't do a stupid swerve in terms of this match. Um, Looking forward to the build-up to the match between her and uh, Alexa Bliss. Uh, Yeah, that's all I can really say about this match. Do we dare talk about the post-match? I think we kind of have to. I, I think we have to because, I mean, in my opinion, personally, it's kind of stupid for them to save this for the post-match because, well, I mean, I get the point in terms of keeping the purely wrestling fans happy, but, you know, I mean... Uh, here's why I'm okay with them doing this post-match. Would you have rather her come out and make a spectacle of the Rumble match itself? I, like I said, I understand why they did in terms of the pure wrestling fans, but, you know, I think it would have made a much bigger splash if she had actually come out during the Rumble. Um, I disagree. Because think about it, how many people do you think, how many casual fans just simply turned off out after the Rumble ended? Well, it's their own dumbass fault for not waiting for the end credits. I, I agree with this, but I mean, think about it on the same level as, you know, Gargano attacked uh, Ciampa, or excuse me, Ciampa attacked Gargano after the end credits came up at TakeOver last night. This is why you wait for the end credits and the fade out. You don't shut the show off early. I've always said this. I I agree with this, but a, a vast majority of people are very, very stupid. So what ends up happening is that she doesn't give a damn about her bad reputation. Joan Jett and the Heartbreakers hits in the arena. Wait, what? (laughs) And sure enough, it is the World Wrestling Entertainment official debut for Roddy Ronda Rousey. Confirming the rumors and speculation and innuendo that she had seen. See, this is why I wish that she would have been in the Rumble, just because they went through all of this. They went through all of this. Um, 
you know, all of this effort to, you know, make sure that this this um, debut wasn't spoiled by her, you know, you know, cutting off her location on her Twitter and everything. She did all of this stuff to make sure that it wasn't spoiled, and then it's just at the end of the Rumble. It, it, it felt very... I mean, I get why they did it to not pissed off, piss off the Philadelphia fans, but it felt so anticlimactic to me. At, at this point, I felt like they should have just saved it for the Rumble. Or not for the Rumble, for WrestleMania at this point. Okay, but you have to have her debut in order to set up WrestleMania. Honestly, they probably could have accomplished the same thing by having her debut on television. But this exactly. is going to get, but this is going to get eyes on the WWE Network. This is going to push subscriptions, and this right here is going to get a crap ton of mainstream exposure. But it's gonna get exposure in the way that, like, you know, I'm sure people who, you know, potentially, you know, did the free trial for the network just on the off chance that she debuted in the Rumble were pissed off, and they may not even stay for the Rumble, whereas the fans that were there to begin with, it's a lose-lose situation. We're going to agree to disagree here because I don't think we're ever going to see eye to eye. Probably not. I'm perfectly okay with the way this went down. I I feel better this way than having her debut in the Rumble match and overshadowing the match itself. Oh, see, see, I'm torn between my purely wrestling, you know, fan bias where I say I completely agree with you and thinking about it. thinking about it more on the, you know, what would make the biggest splash. And I would say her being, actually being in the Rumble would have made a much bigger splash than her just randomly coming out and not doing anything after the Rumble. Like I said, agree to disagree on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I stand by that. It, obviously, there's going to be a split. There's going to be a split fan base on this one. A lot of people are going to agree with me in the fact that they're happy that it didn't overshadow the rumble. Although they do understand how people could feel like it did by going on afterwards. There are people that are going to agree with you that it wasn't, it would have been better off done elsewhere. That being said, we're talking about it and that's the important start here because we've officially kicked off the road to WrestleMania. Now, now if, if she comes on, you know, I'm assuming SmackDown, uh, in a couple of days, you know, that, you know, would help with the situation, you know, because it would make a bigger splash. Um, but we'll see how it goes moving forward over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that there were still in, in store for a lot of change between now and then. Oh, yes. So we're going to go forward. 
We're going to go towards Elimination Chamber. We're going to go towards Fastlane. And then obviously this all culminates in 69 giggity days at WrestleMania 34. Yep. All right, Brandon, scale of 1 to 10, what do you give the 2018 Royal Rumble? I'm going to give it a seven and a half. It was better than it was last year. But, I mean, with the exception of, you know, Adam Cole and a few women uh, surprises, there wasn't really all that much to write home about in this rumble. Um, And the big surprise that everyone was expecting um, although, albeit it wouldn't have been really a surprise since everyone ex- was expecting it, but the big surprise that everyone was expecting going into this did not happen until after the Rumble. Um, but, you know, I mean, it was a decent Rumble. I mean, in terms of the winners... The the fans got exactly who they wanted to win in this in this Royal Rumble for both Rumbles, which you know bumps up the the ranking a couple of points. But you know, in terms of the Rumble matches themselves, it wasn't anything crazy to write a homer about, other than you know Adam Cole, baby, and you know Trish Stratus. That was pretty much it. So you're going? What did you say? Seven? I I said seven and a half. I'll I'll punch it. I'll push it up to seven and a half. Oh, that's an awfully high score for getting for given how much complaining you did about this show, Brandon. I'm giving it, you know, a solid rating because it was still a good pay per view. Okay, that's my thing though. I don't think that there's really a whole lot to complain about on this show. The only issue that I really have with this show is the fact that the card placement was a little bit out of whack to me. Well, yeah. With that being said, though, I think that both of the Royal Rumble matches were very well done. The men's Royal Rumble match being the better of the two, but I think that has to do with the fact that they're more familiar with the concept and the ability to put one of those together. The women more held up their end of the bargain for their first ever Royal Rumble match, though. The opening contest for the SmackDown Heavyweight title match was wonderful. I thought it was perfectly done, and I love the ending because it gives Sammy and Kevin an out. Mm-hmm. The Usos versus Gable and Benjamin, like I said earlier, that first fall of that match was some of the best tag team wrestling I've seen all, all over the course of the last couple of years in the WWE. The Usos, in my opinion right now, might be the best tag team in the world. Oh, yeah. The men's, the Raw, the two Raw t- title matches, the heavyweight, the universal title, as well as the tag team title matches were both hurt by their placement on the card. Although, to be fair, the triple threat for the men's title was more of an ends to a means, and the tag team title match was more storyline advancement. In my opinion, while not as good as NXT TakeOver last night, and I don't think anybody really thought it would be, there's not a whole lot to complain about on this show here. I'm giving the 2018 a Royal Rumble an eight. I mean, granted, I always go into Royal Rumble pay-per-views with higher expectations. Because, you know, like I said, I came in, you know, I first started watching full-time WWE back in 2011 when, you know, you had 2011, 2012, when you had 
big, you know, big Royal Rumbles with a ton of surprises. So I'm, you know, always anticipating those big surprise entrants. And I always end up getting disappointed nowadays. Um, so that impacts my ranking. But, you know, I mean, it was a solid Royal Rumble match. And and you didn't have a disappointing finish like you have over the last couple of years. I think tonight's Royal Rumble was an excellent start towards the, this year's road to WrestleMania. I have no oh, complaint definitely. about this show. Oh, definitely. Given some of the stinkers that we've managed to pull over the course of the last decade with regards to the Rumble pay-per-view, I think they got this one tonight absolutely correct. I have oh, no well, fault. I agree with that in terms of the finish, yeah. All right, Brandon, we got anything to plug before we get out of here? I know the guys kind of want to get started on their Royal Rumble preview. Um, just, you know, you and I will be back for, uh, the SmackDown review on Tuesday and then the kickoff on Wednesday for this week. We have our 2018 Super Bowl preview episode of the kickoff this Wednesday night. Myself, Brandon Biscabing, Eric Watkins, possibly Stephen Err, maybe, we'll see, ish. Yeah. And hopefully our executive producer tonight, Sean Garmer, will sit in with us as well as we officially preview the 2018 version of the Super Bowl as the New England Patriots take on the Philadelphia Eagles. In addition, it is the SmackDown Live and 205 Live reviews as we kickstart the Blue Brands road to WrestleMania officially with the first post-Rumble SmackDown on said road. I have the Raw reaction tomorrow night with Tony Acero and Andrew Ballas on the Chairshot Radio Network as we kick off the road to WrestleMania officially with the first actual TV show after the Royal Rumble. And we'll be back more with Elimination Chamber, Fastlane, and then you better believe we're going to have a lot of stuff going towards WrestleMania for you here on the W2M Network. Does our producer want to chime in with anything here before we get off the air? I feel like I should ask him to talk so that way he knows that we're wrapping things up. Mr. Garmer, can you hear us now? Hmm. Based on the silence I'm hearing on the other end. not appear as though he can. Based on the silence I'm hearing on the other end, the answer is no. Nope. Helpful. Thanks, Sean. Way to make me look like a tool. (laughs) All right, anyway. Well, uh, it it does become official this Tuesday night. Brandon officially joins us on the SmackDown Live and 205 Lives full-time going forward. It is the kickoff on Wednesday. February 11th is the planned return for Wrestling Unwrapped. We will have all the details to you guys about that with what our return show will be because based on the fact that I've now done this live review for the Rumble, Patrick doesn't want to do the Rumble this year anymore. And I've already done TakeOver as well, which shot down his second idea. This is all your fault, Bing. I'm sorry. You should be. 
<laughs> but Wrestling Unwrapped will be back within the next two weeks with a February 11th tentative launch date. So for our executive producer, Sean Garmer, my co-host for the evening, Brandon Biscabing, I'm Harry Broadhurst thanking you for listening to the Wrestling Unwrapped-ish review of the 2018 WWE-F. You know what my problem is? I've been watching too many old school shows on the network. <laughs> well, that'll be even worse when we start our uh, Monday Night War show. How the War Was Won coming soon to the WTOM network. Oh, God. For Sean and Brandon, I'm Harry. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time. There's a pay-per-view maybe here on the WTOM network, available online at WTOMnet.com. Oh, my goodness. Did I butcher that one? <laughs> The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. This is New York firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Every day, a part of every sub you buy at Firehouse Subs helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. And now, for a limited time, they're introducing the Daily Sub Special. Every day, get a medium sub of the day for just $5.55. They kick it off with Meatball Monday and finish it off with Italian Sunday with something delicious every day in between for just $5.55. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Tap the banner now to learn more.